You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's snowy and cold all over the country, it seems, but it's still a great time to talk Pirates baseball. I'm Dave Raymond with Adam Berry of Pirates.com. Adam, it's been made official since the last time you and I spoke. Chris Stewart is a Pirate now, a two-year deal, I guess, and uh, uh, maybe that gives a little, uh, I don't know, uh, foundation or finality to the catcher position this spring? Yeah, well, I'd say the Pirates had two... Uh, potential free agents heading into this season behind the plate in Francisco Cervelli and Chris Stewart, uh, both eligible for free agency at the end of the 2016 season. Now Chris Stewart is locked up for two years plus a club option for 2018. So you're looking at Stewart probably as the backup in Pittsburgh uh, really for the next three years. Um, That does provide some question as to Francisco Cervelli's future in Pittsburgh. Um, At Pirate Fest a couple weeks ago, he said that he would love to end his career uh, in Pittsburgh, which, of course, is a nice thing for any player to say about their current team. Um, but obviously, Cervelli does a lot of things the Pirates like, and Cervelli loves catching their pitching staff and working with the coaches. Um, but at this point, it's looking more and more like Cervelli will be a free agent and will be able to go elsewhere. He'll probably be, along with Matt Weeders, the best uh, available catcher on the free agent market next year, so he could get himself a very nice deal, just like Russell Martin did a couple years ago. But... Fortunately for the Pirates, they do have quite a bit, actually, of catching depth in the minors. They have Elias Diaz, who is one of their top uh, prospects, who should be the everyday guy at AAA this year. And then even further down in the system, most likely at AA this year, they have Reese McGuire, who is uh, one of the top catching prospects in all the baseball. So Cervelli might walk uh, at the end of the season, but they have Stewart there to back up and a couple of young guys to to eventually replace Cervelli in, in the next couple of years. So, so fans that head down to Florida for a little bit of spring training, will they see? Uh, they'll see a little bit of Diaz. Will they see a little bit of McGuire as well? Yes, actually, he was uh, one of the uh, non-roster invitees, so he will get a chance to to work with the pitching staff, the big league pitching staff, and some of the coaches there. Probably will learn a little bit from Cervelli and Stewart, uh, who is a very good, uh, you know, sort of leader in the clubhouse and with the pitchers and the, the younger catchers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he sort of uh, meshes into the culture and works with some of the younger pitchers because there's going to be a lot of those guys in camp as well. You know, looking forward to Bradenton and and spring training. Uh, later this week, MLBPipeline.com unveils its top 100 prospects. Uh, the, the lifeblood of any franchise, but particularly when we start talking small and mid-market franchises, has to be that development and consistent uh, flow of of players to the big leagues. It's just it's difficult to operate like the Yankees and, and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So for fans getting ready to go down to, to Bradenton and and get excited about the future of this team beyond let's say 2016, who who are some of the other big name prospects that they should be looking out for? Well, I think everybody's going to have their eyes on two pitchers in particular. That's Tyler Glass now and Jamison Tyon. Um, they won't break camp with the big league club. They'll start the season at AAA Indianapolis. But you're going to see them in Pittsburgh at some point in 2016, and then you're going to see them in the rotation for many years to come after that. 
Glasnow is one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Just a really electric, tall right-hander. Um, great fastball. Uh, working on his curveball to get it more consistent, but that's a strikeout pitch. And he's further developing his changeup to make sure that he has three solid average major league pitches, which when you combine that with his big frame and ability to repeat his delivery, he's going to be something to watch for for a long time in Pittsburgh. And then Tyon's coming off of two, he won't call them lost years. He gets upset when you call them that, but two years where he hasn't thrown a pitch in an organized minor league game. So he's got some stuff to prove. I think it'll be really interesting to see how far he's come and how much he's changed since the last time we saw him you know, pitch under anybody's eyes. You know, he's, he's been on the, the chain link league, as he called it, down in Bradenton, uh, sort of working in secrecy the last couple of years. So those are the two big guys you want to keep an eye on. Another one I would say is Alan Hansen, an infielder. Neil Huntington has said that if Jung-Ho Gong isn't ready to go on opening day, Alan Hansen could make an argument for himself to be, you know, starting second baseman. So those are the, the sort of the on-the-brink guys that you want to keep an eye on in Bradenton this spring. They've had um, they've been working out down there, Pirate City, right? Most many and whatnot. And yes, you know Josh, Josh Bell's a name that seems to come up quite a bit. What what's his near and long term future look like? He's still got some development to do at first base defensively. Last year was his first full season at the position. He's a converted outfielder, but I mean you've seen a lot of encouraging things from him at the plate. Um, he's become a little bit more consistent as a switch hitter, uh, sort of bouncing out from both sides of the plate. His power will come. That's something the Pirates have insisted on. They wanted him to develop first as a hitter, and then they'll add as a hitter with power. They didn't want him to, to view himself as a power hitter, if that makes any sense. They want him to be a hitter with power. So they think that's coming. He's gotten a little bit bigger. Uh, he's added what Neil Huntington calls man strength. So you should see a little more over-the-wall pop. Uh, in 2016 at Indianapolis. But I think if there is a need, if something happens with John Jaso, uh, who has had some injury issues in the past, you could see Josh Bell come up at some point later in the year. Going back to some of the pitching we were talking about last now, Tyon, um, you know, Tyon having missed the last two years, and as you you called it, or I guess you called it the, the chain link league or whatever, um, <laughs> What what kind of concern do they have about moving him along, you know, slowly at this point? Do they do you anticipate them maybe handling him with uh, some kid gloves for for a bit just to make sure that they don't push him too far too fast? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say kid gloves, but you're definitely right. They they can't just rush him from throwing on backfields at Pirate City right into the major leagues, especially. Um, they're going to want to see how he handles the competition, how he handles going every fifth day, you know sort of fitting back into that, just being one of the guys kind of mentality. But I, I think at this point, you know, he made it up to Indianapolis a couple of years ago in, in a hurry. So if he shows that he can handle the level and if the Pirates have a need at some point in the season, I, I think they won't hesitate to call him up. The one issue they will have is monitoring his innings because when you haven't thrown, you know, on any sort of consistent basis in the last two years, you got to wonder about how much he's capable of throwing and then how that would affect him in 2017 when they do want him to be a member of the rotation. So they're going to have to sort of walk that fine line between not overthrowing him early on in case they do need him later, but then, you know, you can't leave too many innings in the barn because then, you know, how is he ready for 2017 if he only throws 100 innings this year? So that'll be something to keep an eye on. I I think you will see him ease in, shorter starts, things like that. But 
that's the case with Glass now as well because he's never thrown you know 200 innings in a season or anything like that, and they're counting on both of those guys in 2017. Well, you know, and even in, in, in Tyon's case, and I apologize for not knowing this um, at the top, off the top of my head, but it wasn't that long ago where he was pitching at the Woodlands High School in Texas. Um, you know, and he goes in the first round and all. I mean, he's still pretty young, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's a young kid. He's got plenty of time ahead of him. Um, it's just that he he came in so, you know, with so much talent, so much potential, and he really did breeze through the minors. So, uh, it, you know, as of 2013, he was really just a call away. So if he showed that quickly that he was capable of handling that level and he hasn't missed a step, so to speak, um, between now and then as far as his ability to handle that competition, then I think you can make an argument that he'll, you know, he's close to major league ready, just offset by injuries. They could have, he could have been in their 2014 rotation essentially is what, what I'm saying. And Glasnow really could have been in their 2015 rotation. Neil Huntington says that they had legitimate discussions about calling him up. So both guys are pretty close to ready, still have some, some polishing up to do, but I would expect to see them at some point in 2016. All right. So going back to a, kind of a point we were making earlier about the, the flow of players through a system being the only way to sustain success over time. I've been as guilty of it as anybody thinking that the Pirates have a window during which they must win. Um, right. Do you get the sense that organizationally they feel like they are continuing to have the, that, that stock-loaded um, you know, talent available that they'll be able to continue to sustain this even as, let's say, a McCutcheon may move on in future years? Right, I think that's certainly the goal because another prospect I probably should have mentioned, a little farther away than these other guys, is Austin Meadows. He's a center fielder, will probably start the year at Double uh, A Altoona. You figure his time frame is maybe 2018, let's say. Well, McCutcheon's last year of team control is 2018. So the idea is, you know, Meadows is a top prospect. Maybe if they can't afford to hang on to McCutcheon for his entire career like everyone would love to see, then you plug in Meadows to, to succeed him. And if a Cervelli leaves, Elias Diaz comes up to replace him. That is the goal for any for any team, obviously, but especially any smaller mid-market club, is that you know you continually replace the players that you can't afford with the younger, cost-controlled guys. And I think the Pirates have that to a certain extent. You can't cover you know all your bases uh, with prospects, and prospects don't always pan out, but. I think in their in their mind, yeah, they're pretty well covered for to keep that window open. Wow. Well, exciting, optimistic stuff. And uh, <laughs> next time we talk, Adam, it's February, so I hope you're packed and ready to go. <laughs> I'll get to work right on that right now. Thank you. All right. Here he goes. Adam Barry, MLB.com Extras, the Pittsburgh Pirates edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 